Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred word of the Bible, and each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. It is Thursday, October the 6th, 2022, and uh, so glad you guys are on. I know I sent a little curveball to you yesterday uh, because I was not on and forgot to kind of let everybody know. That's my that's on me. Um, I meant to send something out Tuesday evening, kind of give everybody a heads up that I would not be on. Um, but I failed to do that. And so I know people were probably scrambling yesterday morning looking for the Devo. Like, where's where's Pastor Terry with the devotional, man? I know. That's my fault. I should let you guys know. Uh, but anyway, I was uh some of you probably saw from social media where I was because I posted a picture. So I was, just, that was me trying to help you out. So if you were searching, like this is where I'm at. Um was at the uh Tampa Bay Le- uh leadership prayer breakfast. Um Good friends of mine invited me, Lonnie Beasley and Nathan Stout invited me to that prayer breakfast over at Armature Works in Tampa. So if you know where we live, basically, uh, if you don't, it doesn't really matter. It just, uh, it's about a good 45 minute drive in the morning. And so uh, it was from 6.30 a.m. to 8.30. So um, yeah. So what was right during our morning podcast time. So no way they were both going to happen. So anyway, so, but it was fantastic. It was a really good, uh, really good uh, breakfast. This keynote speaker was Scott, Scott Hansen, who is the uh, NFL Red Zone guy. You ever watch NFL Red Zone? Um, and he was excellent. Talked a little sports, but more importantly, talked about his faith journey and coming to Christ. and. Uh, his journey from a skeptic to a believer is really, really, really interesting. Um, so yeah, so that's where I was yesterday. So missed being with you guys, and I, I knew I, I, I knew I was kind of sending you guys like, um, you know, spinning a little bit, like wondering what's going on. I appreciate the uh, reaching out. A lot of people reach out. Are you okay? Everything fine? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm actually just eating biscuits and gravy right now at a prayer breakfast. So actually, I'm doing great. Doing fantastic. Um, yeah. And of course, praying. You know, there's that. Funny, though. At a lot of prayer breakfasts, probably the thing you do the least is pray. You generally eat, and then there's a speaker, so you listen to someone speak. But that's all right. That's okay. Welcome, everybody. So glad you guys are on today. So today, we're, we're, um, we will be uh, just just a, a programming note moving forward. We're probably going to move to 7 o'clock this slot. This is going to actually work better, I think. Um, so uh, starting next, so starting, continuing Monday, we'll be on, on at 7 uh, instead of 7.15 a.m. Eastern time. So 7 o'clock, 15 minutes earlier than what we've been doing. All right, you guys, so glad you're on. Let's, uh, you know what we do? We read, we pray, we change the world. So we're on Psalm 24, 
so let's uh, let's do it. Psalm 24, just see what the Lord has to say to us today. Then we'll do a reading from C.S. Lewis uh, called uh, The Source of Pain, The Source of Pain, from his book, The Problem of Pain. Hmm. I would agree pain is a problem. Sometimes, you know, a lot of, lot of pain, a lot of problems. Uh, but he's talking about the, the suffering, talking about the source of suffering, like the, the, uh, the issue that suffering creates for the believer. How do, we, how, do we, how do we reconcile a loving God with so much human suffering? Yeah. It's a question that people ask all the time. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, Bob, Paula, and everybody. Good morning. Here we go. Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. That's, that's all encompassing right there. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. It's all his. For he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. He created it. He founded it. He breathed life into, uh, into this place. The earth is the Lord and everything in it. I can't hardly quote that verse without quoting the King James Version of it. The, the earth is the Lord's, Lord's and the fullness thereof. <laughs> the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who can go into his holy presence? Who, who is worthy? Um, who has the ethical moral purity uh, that qualifies him or her to stand in God's holy place? Hmm. Anybody? <laughs> God, so this is this uh, reminder of the, the vast, the power, the, um, the incredible omnip omnipotence of God. He created the earth and everything in it. He's uh, infinitely pure and holy. So he's all-powerful. He's all-holy, all infinitely holy. And so who is worthy to enter, ascend to the mountain of the Lord? Who can enter his holy presence? Here, verse 4. Here you go. The one who has clean hands and a pure heart. Who does not who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false god? Man, I love that verse for the one who has clean hands and a pure heart. That's a full-time job right there, man. Keeping clean hands and a and a pure heart. Right? Keeping your hands from wickedness, keeping your heart from evil motives and intentions. Wow. You know, some of us, we some of us right there, we just gotta confess and repent right there, like to Jesus. Lord, forgive me for having dirty hands and an impure heart. <laughs> yeah, we can have, man, you guys, it, it's a constant, it's a constant, uh, you got to continually clean, the, clean that house. You know what I'm saying? That house got to continually be clean. Because that heart gets impure, hands get dirty, you got to continually clean hands, pure heart. Hmm. Always. So who can ascend the, the mountain of the Lord to be in His holy presence. Oh, just the one with a uh, with clean hands and a pure heart. Uh, where'd everybody go? 
because nobody, nobody has that on their own. Nobody has a, a, a perfectly clean, hand, clean hands and a perfectly pure heart. And those who do not trust in an idol or swear by a false god. Man. See the other thing, man. We gotta we gotta watch the uh gotta watch out what idols we're putting our trust in, you know. The idols of affluence, the idols of wealth, the idols of um government, nationalism, the idols of self reliance, the idols of education. The idols of uh, success, the idols of uh, another person. You know, another person can be your idol. Yeah. We've got to make sure we're not putting our trust, our ultimate hope and, and source of security in someone else or some other thing, in, in anything other than God. That's why. Who can ascend the holy mountain of God? The one who has. Clean hands and a pure heart. The one who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false god. Verse 5. They will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God their Savior. Clean hands, pure heart. You'll receive blessings from God. Vindication from God, our Savior. So how do we keep our hands clean? How do we keep our hearts pure? Repentance and confession. Confession. Confess, and he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Yeah. We come to Jesus, confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Verse 6. Such is the generation of those who seek him who seek your face, God of Jacob. Man, that's what kind of generation we want to be. We want to be the generation that seeks the face of God. We want to be the generation that seeks the truth, that seeks, um, seeks to have clean hands and a pure heart. Wow. Could you imagine a generation that was, that was the... Uh, a generation, right? A generation that that was indicative of them. That was the, uh, the they were, they could be described. And they, we're talking about the people of God, right? We're not talking about like secular generations, right? We're talking about generations of the people of God. So people who call on the name of Jesus, people who, who call on the name of the Lord, that generation of believers who could be, who could be um, characterized as a people who had a cl clean hands and a pure heart. That kind of Jacob generation. It's interesting, the uh, generation um, now uh, coming in, coming up, early early 20s generation. Um, there seems to be a shift, honestly. People are more interested. This is, this. Don't, just play this out. This is unscientific, all right? Um, this, is just, this is a hunch and from some of the things I've been reading and in observations. But it seems as if the, this younger generation is actually incredibly interested in truth. More, more than, listen to this, I think, 
more than, not not imp- not not a total replacement of, but it, it, but in terms of priority, they're more interested in truth telling than they are in um, in community. That's a switch, man. That's a big switch. And if we don't, and, if, and the church, I think if we don't, if we're not paying attention to it, we're going to totally miss uh, connecting with this generation. Now, you, I know some of you think, wait, man, people are so into like uh, fake news, blah, blah. but listen, listen to the, who's, who's the narrative of those who are talking about fake news and fake this. And, you know, I don't care. Uh, I don't care whether it's true or false, just uh, who says it. It's not the younger generation, guys. It's not. <laughs> it's people my age and older. It's my generation, the Gen Xers and older. We're the ones who, you know, we don't really care whether it's true or not. We just want to know who says it. And that's bad. I mean, I'm not justifying that. I think that's bad. I know I think that's a terrible way to approach truth, honestly. I think that's not a, actually, I think that is not approaching truth at all. That's approaching some sort of other bias. And so, but younger generations, the the 20s, they don't care about, they don't give a, a rat's behind who said it. I want to know if it's true or not. Sorry, guys. I didn't mean to say rat's behind. I just get a little amped up about the stuff. Uh, but I, but I apologize, but I'm not saying I won't say anything even worse than that later on. So I'm just, but you know, I'm, I apologize in advance for me, but it's true. Younger generations, they won't know the truth, man. They don't, I don't care what your politician says. I don't care what your news station says. I don't care what your favorite, you know, blogger says. I want to know what the truth is. And, uh, and if it offends you, I don't really care. I just want to know the truth. If it doesn't fit with your party line, I don't really care. What's the truth? See, that's what the generate the new younger generation. I love it, dude. I, I, I love it. They want to know the truth. They even more so than community. They can find community. Look at they have relationships everywhere. They have connection. They have relationship. They have their their people. They have their tribe. In fact, there's movements now. Truth over tribe. What does that mean? More than just my tribe. I don't care what my tribe says. I want to know what's true. Hmm. It's interesting. I, it's refreshing, man. It's refreshing for those who really who also love the truth. <laughs> you know, it's refreshing for those who also like, you know, those who 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 want who want to know the truth. And it will want the truth to be told. And so there's this younger generation, man. Just tell me the freaking truth. <laughs> just, just tell me the truth. I can handle it. So when it comes to the gospel, man, just speak the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes with the Father but by me. That's what Jesus said. It's the truth. It's a switch, man. It's a switch. Um, does, and I'm not saying, please don't hear me say that younger generations don't care about community. We, every human being cares about community, um, about being in, in relationship. But, um, but it's switched, man. It's switched. Uh, it switched even from doing good, like um, you know, back uh, even a, a maybe a, a few years ago. The the key was like you had to be, and this is still you still got to do this. The church has to be doing good things. It has to be making a difference in the community. You just can't be all about the building and the inside the building and all that stuff. You can't be about that. You got to be making a difference in the community. That's still true, but also in the building, you better be preaching the truth. Among you better be telling the truth. 
Because people, you know why? Because people are so confused right now, and they feel it. They don't know what to believe. They don't know what the true north is because they're getting uh, so many mixed messages, so many you know, people who are just, just making noise. You know, They're just loud, and they're just obnoxious, and they're just like spewing anger and, and rage and, and uh, hatred towards other people, like, but, but not really saying what the truth is. What's the true north? of what I should base my life on, the true north of how I should order my affairs, how I should order my life. Not the truth about God and my responsibility to God. And so there's a hunger. And so, you know, more of a hunger for truth than even groups, community. Because, you know, man, it's possible in groups to share your common ignorance. Man, I've been in plenty of groups, man. We just get together and we share how dumb we are. <laughs> right. But where am I going to go to hear the truth? Like what God has to say. What, what is the truth revealed to the saints? What's the truth that has been passed down, once delivered to the saints? You aren't going to hear that anywhere else other than where the truth is spoken. Hmm. Anyway, that's a... That's a that's a soapbox, man, but you know, it's got me stirred. It's got me thinking. It's got me considering. Um, just some other things that I've uh, I've just noticed uh, in ministry right lately, too. Like we did some a couple of series that were related to, kind of, not series, they were just kind of one-off messages related to like some wisdom stuff, you know, like how to be a good dad, like on Father's Day. And we did some things through um, through different wisdom uh portions of the Bible, which is really all about common sense and like what's true. Like, I don't care if you like it or not, but this is the way the world works, you know, just truth. And I noticed there was so much interest in it. Um, there were so much people, so many people leaning into it. And it's because we don't have it. There's a void of truth telling in our culture. Now, everyone claims to be telling the truth, but they're telling their version of the truth. They're telling their opinion. Anyway, so it's just interesting. Just interesting. Something for you to just kind of take note of yourself, you know? See what you think. Yeah. Um, where am I? Verse 7. Lift up your heads, you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Hmm. Who is the king of glory? Who's the king of glory? So here's the idea: like who, the, the all of the earth has been created by God. Who is who is uh, who is able to ascend as holy hill? Who's able to go into the presence of God? Those who with the clean hands and a pure heart. The gates of the city are going to open. Oh, who's who's who who is it that you know is coming? Lift up your head, you gate. Be lifted up, you ancient doors. The gates of the city open up. The city open up the gates that the king of glory may come in. Who is this king of glory? It's the Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Oh, man. Mm -mm -mm. You know, what do we need to let, let into our house, the, the doors of our house? What do we need to let into the rooms of our, of our house? What do we need to let into our lives, into the door of our hearts? Who is, who? lift up your heads, lift up your gates, be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is the king of glory? He's the Lord, strong and mighty. 
Yeah. Lift up your heads, your, your gates, lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Come in. Who is he? He's the King of glory, the Lord Almighty. He is the King of glory. Mm. Yeah. He is, man. He made everything. He made the earth and the fullness thereof, everything in it. And isn't it amazing that the King of glory who created everything still allows you and me the power to allow or reject his entry into the doors of our hearts. He created everything, but he allows you and me the power. He delegates that power and choice up to you and me of whether or not we want to let the king of glory come in. <clears throat> he could knock down the darn door. You know what I'm saying? He could. But he won't. He's a God of grace and mercy. He's a God that honors your choice and mine. Choice to love him or choice to reject him. He's big enough to handle it, y'all. He wants you to reject, receive him. He wants that. He wants us all to receive him. But he's big enough to handle your rejection. Man, so let's let the king of glory come in. All right, uh, let's jump over to C.S. Lewis, see what he has to say today, October 6th, reading from this book entitled A Year with C.S. Lewis, Daily Readings from His Classic Works. Good morning, everybody. Welcome. So glad you guys are on. Um... The source of pain is what C.S. Lewis is writing about here. The source of pain. The possibility of pain is inherent in the very existence of a world where souls can meet. Hmm. So where, where there's genu genuine relationship, where my I can meet you, you can meet me, where we can genuinely become friends, then that availability, that opportunity for relationship includes, necessarily includes, the possibility of pain. Hmm. When souls become wicked, they will certainly use this possibility to hurt one another. Hmm. So the wickedness of humanity will use this ability to connect, to hurt each other. You think about that? Why do why do why do people hurt us so bad? Because we're because we're connected to them somehow. It's a relationship. If if there's no relationship with someone, they can't really hurt you. N not to the same degree someone that you love can hurt you. Right? But the more you love someone, the more potential there is there for pain. And think about it. The greater the love, the greater the pain. We talk about this sometimes when when at, at, when people are you know at funerals. Why does it hurt so much? The pain is in is evidence of how much you loved. Pain you hurt much because you loved much. Remember Jesus when he cried was was a uh, weeping over Lazarus, Lazarus's death, his good friend, and and the scripture he was he was weeping much. Do you know remember what it says? After? Why did he weep so much? Because he loved much. So whenever there's a possibility for genuine love, then there's a possibility for genuine and deep pain. So 
That's the world in which we've been created and placed in. When worlds become wicked, so when, when souls are wicked, they can hurt each other. And this perhaps accounts for four-fifths of the sufferings of men. Most of the suffering, most of the pain in the world is due to human wickedness. You think about it. It's human sinfulness. A lot of the pain that is inflicted on other human beings is a result of human sinfulness. It is men, not God, who have produced rack, uh, racks, whips, prisons, slavery, guns, bayonets, and bombs. It is by human avarice or human stupidity, not by the churlishness of nature, that we have poverty and overwork. All these things created by humankind, by sinfulness. Um, but there remains, nonetheless, much suffering which cannot thus be traced to ourselves. So he's saying, but I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, there's some suffering that doesn't make sense. There's some suffering, that, like four-fifths of the suffering out there is, is very easily explained by human sinfulness. Um, we, we hurt each other. We're, we're greedy. We, we, uh, we mistreat one another. We're arrogant. But nonetheless, there is some suffering that can't be traced to ourselves. There's some suffering out there in the world that just is hard to reconcile. Even if all the suffering were man-made, we should like to know the reason for the enormous permission to torture their fellows, which God gives to the worst of men. So C.S. Lewis is saying, even still, even, even, okay, so first of all, there's a, there's a, a level of, of hurt that we can't explain. Like, why do the innocent suffer? Uh, secondly, why, do, why does the hurricane hit and destroy Fort Myers, but not Tampa? Um, why does... You know, why does so-and-so get cancer and die at a young age? That, that doesn't seem to, that just seems random. Like, what does it even mean? And then he says, so there's that. There is a level of, of pain that is just there that isn't related to uh, human uh, sinfulness uh, uh, towards other people. And, and it's true, even, it, there still raises another question. Why does God even allow it, though? So, yeah, the, a lot of hurt and pain is caused by human wickedness, but one must ask, why, why would a loving God allow that? So here he goes. To say that good for such creatures as we now are means primarily corrective or remedial good is an incomplete answer. Hmm. Not all medicines taste nasty, or if it did, that itself or if it did, that itself one of the unpleasant facts for which we should like to know the reason. Hmm. Like, not all, not all medicines taste nasty, but even if they did, we would have to ask, why do, why do they all taste so bad? <laughs> why do they taste bad? Why does what's going to heal us taste so bad? So if, you know, if, if suffering, if there's redemption in suffering, why does it have to hurt so bad? Um, and and C.S. Lewis will continue to... to, to dissect that question in the problem of pain um but at this point he just kind of raises the question right uh, why does it have to hurt so much why um the 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 uh the honesty of of pain um and every person every this is not just a christian question this is a every person has to answer the question of pain human suffering um the problem, some call it the problem of evil. Some people call it the problem of suffering. C.S. Lewis calls it the problem of pain. Um, 
and some, you know, to what he said earlier, sometimes we, we won't ever know the answer here completely. Um, it's the uh, chuckle in the darkness, right? It's like, but, but behind it, we just sense when, once we see the presence of God, it'll all make sense. If, if, if indeed God is who he says he is, a God of love and, and grace, and uh, he is the king of glory, then the suffering here will make sense. In fact, it, the way C.S. Lewis said, it won't, it, won't, it won't need to make sense. <laughs> it will become irrelevant in the presence of the glory of God. Right? We, won't, we, won't, like, we won't be sitting there like, yeah, I know, well, there's just one more thing, king of glory. I need to know. It won't matter in his presence. It won't matter. Yeah. You ever have something that's just like really on your mind, like, oh, man, this is bugging me. And then something else happens, like, you know what, that doesn't even matter anymore. It's, it's insignificant. It doesn't, I don't even care. It doesn't matter. At, at one time, it seemed like such a big deal, such a big thing. I didn't figure this out. But then something else happens in life, and it just reconciles it. Like, oh, that's, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And in the presence of the, the, uh, the king of glory, so many things that stump us will become irrelevant in light of his glory. Yeah. All right, you guys, let's pray. Thank you guys so much for being on today. Lord, thank you for your holy word. Thank you for uh, being uh, our God. Thank you for giving us truth and telling us the truth so that we can order our lives in a way that is fulfilling and life-giving and eternal. Lord, I pray for my friends today. pray you bless them and encourage them, strengthen them, whatever they're facing. May you uh, bless them abundantly. God, if they need strength, give them strength. If they need courage, give them courage. If they need peace, grant peace healing, forgiveness, whatever they need. God, may you uh, pour it out in abundance. Lord, um, thank you for this time together. Pray your blessing upon our day. Help us to be your hands and feet and help us to, um, to lead people into your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you today. Thank you so much for being on today. Uh, if you are local, remember... For reminder that Friday night we are having our worship night so love thank you for joining me on today's podcast I hope you enjoyed the show if this episode has been an encouragement to you take a minute to subscribe or comment or share it with your friends you can find me Pastor Terry and Bayside Church on all social media platforms you can find Bayside at Bayside Church SH until next time remember God's word is true everything else is merely commentary God bless you we'll see you next time